Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV, lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenney Britton, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenney Britton, and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Church Talk TV. Chris and Bill Tenney Britton here today, and today we are talking about vision, which is one of our top subjects and one that we find near and dear to our heart, but we want to talk about the difference between your personal vision. You do have one, right? You know what your life vision is. You know what God's called you to do and where God is leading you. We'll talk about that in a minute. And your church's vision, which is not the same. Although, unfortunately, of course, the whole reason we're having this episode is because too often they get intermeshed and entwined and it creates one heck of a big mess. And that's what we're here to talk about today. So we want to be real clear up front. We're talking about vision, not mission. Absolutely. But just like a church has mission, again, we've talked about that so many times. We should have a mission too. Do you know what your mission statement is or yeah. your mission, uh, yeah. your purpose? So a mission is your purpose in life. Yeah, my, I mean, my purpose in life has, has been, and I've identified it when I was a teenager, I, I'm about making disciples. Thank I mean, that is what I do on a personal level. And it has guided me professionally um, all the way through. Well, once I finally decided that was really, I was going to chase that vision because yeah. I <laughs> took a couple detours. But when I was 24, that became, that's my guiding purpose. And this, it's guided everything that I do. Every word that I write, every word that I speak is about making more disciples. I've known you for 32 years. Actually, I've known you for 33 years now, over 33. We're celebrating the 32nd anniversary this, this Saturday. Week. Yeah, the 25th. I think Which that's is Saturday. Friday. No, it's not. Let's see, Wednesday, Thursday, yes, Friday, it is. Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, right, Friday. Yeah, what did right. I say? Yes, yes, just what she, just what she said. <laughs> After 33 years. Uh, okay, no, so, all right. Anyways, uh, I, I mean, that's one of the things I just really noticed in you when I first met you uh, all those years ago. So, yeah, and, and my personal mission statement is to equip, empower, and encourage, summed up in three words, equip, empower, and encourage leaders. Now, that, let me go to vision with that because the vision looks different at different times in our lives, right? Exactly. right? So for me, and, and then I'll let you finally talk for yourself. No, um, you're doing a good yeah, job. Okay. So <laughs> You've for, done that for 32 years as well. I know. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. But anyways, uh, so for me, it's, it's been in different ways. Equip, empower, encourage. And I've, I've done that with children. I have done that in churches as a minister. I have, uh, I've done that in consulting. I did that with, um, when I was in regional work, denominational work, but my, uh, my um, target, if you will, the people with whom I worked were different in that. Right. And currently I'm getting to work with young people and, uh, and in, I'm in, equipping, in, in, empowering, <laughs> and encouraging them in some who, way. Who are, in, who are in, uh, in school suspension. In school suspension, yes we are. But part of my theory, and when I talked, I interviewed for that position, I said, you know, my mission statement is equip, empower, and encourage. And I really feel like that's something that I can bring and work with these young people for. My investment is not just now, but it's to, as you all know, change the world for Jesus. So, you know, I see it as adding to future leadership and what our world can be. That's right. And okay. and you and you work with some of the most difficult kids in the school. I do. Because there is hope there. You are a person of hope. I've known that from the time, yeah. time immemorial. All right. 
So personal vision is, is, is different than mission, as she says. And the vision is, you know, essentially, where are you going? What problems are you solving? What is it? And, and what setting and how, so yeah, on. Yeah, how so are you forth. living out your life? Right. What how, do you how are you living do? it? Right, exactly. Why are you created? I love that way of right. saying it, right? For what have you been created? Why did God create you? A church's vision, though, is, although it's similar, the church's, yeah. the church's mission has been given to us. It's not something that someone woke up one day that Jesus said that, you know, you go and make disciples, you will be my witnesses, you're to be fruitful and multiply, not the words he said, but he, he does say to be fruitful. And, and the fruits of the spirits are great, but they're, this, they're the benefits of the, the, the mandate of the church is to make disciples, to make more disciples and to make better disciples. And as I often say, a better disciple makes more disciples. That's how you can tell whether they're a better disciple or not. But I want to, and yep. I want to jump right. in here because uh, really, so you've got it nailed down there as with the vision, mission. Right. But the mission. vision then right. is how different churches at different times in their lives live out that mission. So, right. So your mission is to create disciples. How you do that is going to vary congregation to congregation. Right. And it's also going to vary by the season, if you will, of where your congregation uh, is right. in and, this place. And for, for, for me, the, 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 the mission of Moses, given to Moses by God, was to set the Israelites free, the Hebrews actually, free, to set them, set them on this path and, and to you know, let my people go, Pharaoh. And so that was the mission. The vision was to get them to the promised land. And that vision for the nation, the That's church, good. the congregation, when Moses was done, he got them to the border. He got them to that, you know, to, to the river. And then his vision was complete. And it was handed over. The next vision, of course, was to take them into the promised land and to settle the promised land, etc. And that was Joshua's vision, if you will, or the, it was an action deficit. Try this again. It wasn't Joshua's vision. It was God's vision for the people. It was the people's vision, the congregation's vision. And Joshua was the leader to bring that vision into fruition. And so, you know, it, it, again, vision changes. Mission never does. Set the people free. Right. They will be a light to the Gentiles. Actually, that's probably Nations. more the mission right. um, of, the, of, the, uh, of the Hebrews. But be that as it may, you know, it, the, the vision changes you go. Vision, though, when it, your personal vision, and again, it changes as well, but that vision, if it becomes enmeshed with your church's vision, then you end up what we call, or psychologists call, enmeshment. Um, and, and an enmeshment is, is when you have become so intertwined with your congregation that really you don't know where the congregation begins and you end, or vice versa. Okay, so I want to flesh that out yeah, a little please. bit. You're this good has at that. so many different layers. And, and we're, we were talking about this before we started, uh, came on air, if you will, that we were talking about the need to take and break lots of this into different episodes. Right. This, uh, I mean, this is, this could be a whole course. In fact, oh, I have a course on this. I do too. Uh, so yeah, similar. Yeah. You deal with one edge of it, right? Right. I, yeah. I, I deal with, in, with my growing church network. Um, I work with uh, a variety of folks on helping pastors discern their personal vision and their mission and getting self-differentiated. And you? I was thinking about the work I do, uh, my, my teaching at the Center for Ministry and Lay Training at 
Phillips School of Theology online, by the way. Uh, and the course I'm teaching it right now actually is called Overcoming Conflict, which so much of it, and I told you earlier, we were talking about this just Saturday right. about enmeshment and whatnot. So let's let, let me uh, try to bring this no, we want, we, bring we, this we, in we, a we little have, bit. We have uh, 20 minutes to finish this completely. Yeah, it's so. true. Okay, so I do want to bring that that part about right the different the the ways we are the enmeshment. Um, so it's like a marriage in a way, right? And so you have you and you have the church. And in, and when you come together, you're moving around like this. What happens though is you end up like that. That's right. enmeshment, right? So whole here, whole here, but uh, you're working, you're intertwined, right? Like right. this, but this is enmeshed what when a, they become one. One of, one of the great, one of the great um, marriage metaphors that we've seen is the unity candle. Oh yeah. And you know, in most marriage ceremonies that I've seen, when they talk about the unity candle, of course, they start off. They got the acolytes or the, the bride, the groom. They they light their individual candles, and then during the service, they take them and they light a single candle. The two have become one. Now, here's where I differ. Most of the services I've seen, they put their candles out down and they blow them out. We don't. They, that's no. Yeah, no, right. No, we no, don't no. do that in the no, services we no, officiate. No, 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 no. Because right. the two have become one as a team, but they are still individuals. Right. And they have their individual mission and vision, their individual purpose, their individual uh, personalities, right. et cetera, et cetera. The two are one as a team, but they are still not enmeshed. This, they work as a team, which is, as you said, normally right. I would do this and not interlock them. But yes, when you interlock well, and become and you overlapped, right. when you become overlapped, then yeah. And that's basically, it's a, a short it's, stick from there right. to there. Okay, yep. so... So I've talked to a lot of ministers along the way over these years that will say, well, I'm going there and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and da da la la and we're going to do specifically this, this, and that. But the church isn't on board. That every, every church they go to, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do that, we're going to do this. And you come with this complete, not only an agenda, but exactly how it's going to fill out. Right. But the problem then becomes that your church, not are they not on board, but each church, each congregation is different. Their visions are different. They may not know what their vision is necessarily. Most churches don't. Right. But they've been doing some things, you know, certain ways. And you have to get in We've there and you way. look. Right. Yeah. But you look at and you look at what are they doing? What's working? Now, that's a whole bunch of other stuff. But this is when we try to force our vision yeah. onto the church. And, and I've said this, you know, to churches. You know, people come in or ministers will come in and all of a sudden it's like their vision has to be the church's vision, right? Then the other part of that is where the church is, has its vision. The pastor comes in and usually they don't have a vision in this case. And then the church gloms on to them. And when it's time for the minister to leave, they don't know what the heck to do because right. they've all been caught up in this. And, and you know, it really comes down to self-differentiation. Yes. Right? And I, I, I want to jump, and we're, I want to reorder yeah, this, I ahead. think. All right. Let's, let's talk about enmeshment and what happens when you're enmeshed. Because it's one thing to talk about the theory behind it. Let's talk about what it hap what it looks like yeah. in a church when you're enmeshed. That's probably the easiest way to understand this. And, and that is, you know, when, when you come to a pastor, you come to the church, and, you know, God so loved the world, he didn't send a committee. And so God will, you know, in, leaders discern the vision. God says, this is where we're going and this, and this is where you're taking them, et cetera. And that leader's job is to you know, discern the vision, to dis disseminate, 
to share the vision, to cast the vision, to get people's eyes lighting up and moving forward, inspiring that vision. Inspiring. And then, then the last, of course, is to help them attain that vision. Whenever a leader, any leader, brings a vision to a congregation, then, then, then there's conflict. Because not everyone signed in on that vision. And now, it may not be ugly conflict. Right, right, right. It, it doesn't, have, thank does, you. doesn't it have to be a fight. Be, right. Hopefully. It doesn't have to be a fight, but it means there are people that, I don't like this, I do like this. Okay? Now, and how you handle that and how that's handled is a whole other thing. But here's what happens. Go, go ahead. Oh, no, I just want to jump and say how you handle it really is a measure of if you're a healthy congregation or you're not. And if you're an effective leader or you're not. No, that, I, I disagree with that. I really do disagree with that. The, that the, the bottom line is there are different um, uh, stages, okay, different faces good, of leadership, yeah, or not Agreed. leadership, yep. of conflict. And, and there are congregations, because every congregation has conflict. Right. But how is it, do you work it out? Do you work it out between people, with committees? Do you talk? Do you dialogue? Right. This, do you have this. ways for, for dealing with Does it? Does it just happen? You just right. deal with it and, 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 and whatnot. It's when it starts to get out of hand, and that's been the norm. Right, yeah. Right. yeah. Well, yeah. that's why bullies hang out at churches, because right. the church won't do anything with right. them. Right, right. They let right. them continue to be bullies. But we're going to talk about that, or we right. have talked about that before. Right. Go back. Enmeshment. Right, right. So, okay. so, so when there's this enmeshment, and good, you got this vision, you've cast a vision, and you've got conflict. In most churches, when they have conflict, the bullies come out of the woodwork, or the controllers, or the guerrillas, or whatever, you, the terrorists, etc. They come out of the woodwork, and they begin, you know, to to, to create when, when, problems. When right. Okay. If if the church is not healthy, then they they get an upper hand. But here's where the enmeshment comes in. Is when the pastor is so enmeshed with the congregation, with their vision, that, that it begins to erode their self-esteem. It erodes who they are because the church's vision is here and my vision is here. And the church is, if you will, the, the vehicle that God has called me for now to lead to achieve their vision. And my job as a pastor is to help them lead, bring their vision, the vision that I've brought or that God has brought and to lead them forward. but So my vision <laughs> is to help them achieve their vision, but when it becomes this, then, then I, my self-esteem is wrapped up in whether they decide they can do this or not, or whether they do it or not, and my whole life falls apart, or my ministry falls apart, or whatever, because I'm enmeshed, and I go home sick to my stomach, I stop, you know, I stop being effective, et cetera, et cetera. Now, don't get me wrong, you're gonna feel crummy when someone attacks you or attacks oh, yeah, your vision, and all that. Okay, I'm not saying that someone who's truly self-differentiated, they don't feel those things, but it doesn't decimate them. They go home, they cry, they cuss, they do whatever, they dust themselves off and say, here's the situation, what do I do now? And that, that's healthy. What's not healthy is when we were so enmeshed that we, we go down the toilet or, or <laughs> we go to the skylight you know, and and that their success becomes our success, and that becomes end up the breeding ground for narcissism. You know, look, or uh, hyperactive ego. Look what I did. You know, no, that's your vision. That's what God's called you to do. Anyway, so that's that's what enmeshment looks like. 
especially in the face of opposition. Okay, so I want to make three points out of that. Okay, One good. of the wonderful things to do when one must go home and cry is to turn Twyla Paris on repeat to sing The Warrior is a Child. It is an amazing song, and I have played that on repeat for two hours sometimes. It's an, um, just a wonderful song. It's very, very old. Those are, those warrior, are those, the Warrior is a Child, those Twyla are, Paris. Those are times that I excuse myself and go out for two hours. No, it's when I'm on the... <laughs> I'm driving or something from a really tough consult right. or something. Yeah. Or, you know, we've been in churches that have beat us up, right? right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, we, where we're we, frustrated yeah. just to tears, right? All of that. Anyways, yeah. that's, that's one thing I wanted to say. So the other two parts of this that I want to point out is that you've got to be really clear about your vision so that when you interview with a church, it's not only that you share your vision, right? Because you may or may not. But you have to listen really closely, and Am you I have to, to be, measure. Yeah. yeah, you have to measure. Is this the place for me to these, do this? Right. So, I know in systems like the United Methodist Church and and some of the others, you don't get that. You don't get that kind of. You don't get input. the first right of refusal. Right. Well, you do, but only once. But only <laughs> once, right? And you just need to have clarity when you're in in that position because that's the second point. When you're in a congregation or a, you know a denominational office, whatever, when you're you're working there, and it could be anywhere, not just in the church, and you realize that your call, if you will, your vision, is different than where you are, what where you've accepted, then it's time for you to step out. When right. when the church, in this case, the the church, small C or big C, decides to go in a different direction, then you say. It's time for me to step out. That is a hard thing to say. I did that at a pastorate where we you were, doubled. You doubled the church. We were almost tripled at that church. Right. Yeah, and, I mean it was and then an suddenly, amazing. Suddenly that church says we're going off a different vision. Right. They were. It was like we're going to do this because conflict was there. It was historic. And what what I realized and what I said up front was that yeah was that the church needed grief therapy and they needed conflict intervention, neither one of which I could could bring, right? Because one, I, I too am a growth pastor. That's why I would go in or a growth minister, growth right. consultant, right? So number one is was that not only had their vision changed or was it was in the process, or they decommitted really, quite right. honestly, decommitted to to the vision that we we were on board with. And then the other was what, what they needed was from somebody else, not me. And to, but to not sugarcoat this for y'all, when it's time for you to leave, you have to step out because somebody else has a position there. They're, they're, the next step is there, and you're needed somewhere else. Right, and they, they call the chaplain, and that church is closed. Yeah, they did close. But, you know, Bill Easem, our mentor, business partner, right. uh, dear friend, is it a calling or a career? Is it a calling or a career? Right. right? It's, a, it's a calling. You have you have your vision, and is this the vehicle or not? And if this vehicle says, you know, you, when you're interviewing, that's the best time to find out whether you're on board with it. But then, you know, a lot of times they, I don't know, just again, let's not sugarcoat it. You get lied to. You know, oh yes, we want to do yes. this. We are behind this, and they're they're speaking for them, but not the rest of the congregation. Yes, that and they're also all the speaking time. to we like the idea of growing as opposed to the reality of growing. Right. Um, and so when they start growing, they're going, ah, oh, not so much. And, that's another you know, episode yeah, too. So that's we a, need uh, to do that. Anyway, okay. so so but the reality is is that 
you know, if when it's very clear your vision is no longer their vision or you can't, they're not the vehicle for that vision, then it is time to step out. And again, very difficult to do, but it's, it's, ma it's mandate. You, you have to. People, pastors ask, when can I tell when it's time? Well, if their vision is going this way and your vision was in life is to do this then it's probably time. In fact, if you're asking the question normally, it's past that time. And you need to come talk to me. Make an appointment, right? I mean, that's what that's I what specialize yeah, in that. Yeah, is, you know, is that discerning? Is it time for me to go? Is it someplace, is it a good place for me to be? You know, how, how will this work out? We can talk about that. Um, yeah, I am very good at that. All right, okay, so that's what enmeshment looks like in sickness and in health, if you will. So let's talk a little bit about how do you discern, how do you come up with your personal vision? And you are an expert at this. I am, yeah, I am. So you look at your mission statement and there, you know, what have you enjoyed in your life? What have you not enjoyed in your life? What, um, uh, what makes your eyes light up? What are some of your experiences? God loves to redeem uh, experiences, positive and negative. So what have some of those uh, experiences uh, been? What uh, are you really good at? And maybe not, what are you not so good at? If you've got a church history, what have you done that you feel really good about and uh, you feel have, have has been successful? What would people say you've not been so successful at? You know, and not just being uh, mean, ugly people, right? Um, but people who know you well. Another aspect is what do they say you do well that you may not think you do well? So those are just some questions to, to get to your your mission statement. Well, and, and one of the, one of the it, just to add on to yours, one of the questions that I ask, because I, I do this not as, nearly as well as she does. She does a really good job. Thank For you. me, it's a little partial thing. But you know, one of the things is, what problems have do you, have you solved that you've really felt good about? That, you know, that, that you've seen an issue and you were able to solve that issue. That gives you a hint right. as to your vision. What is it, you know, what is that, 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 process that you were successful at and you know how does that steer you towards where you're trying to go sure so i mean and for me like to talk about in terms of my vision or my mission statement that equipping right i love to teach people i like to explain things and whatnot uh, i was i you know learned early on i was very good at that and then i like to empower them and i used to say uh, call it something else completely, but it's like empower them. It's not that I'm going to do everything. It's like, wow. And then encourage, love to stand back and just say, way to go. You're doing great. You know, give the feedback. Even from afar, I do that for people that I haven't seen in a long time, but still am able to to say, it, give words of encouragement. Then the whole piece, and this was really hard for me because I'd go someplace and think, well, that's all that I'm supposed to, you know, that's what I'm supposed to do. And it, it took me a bit to realize these, this is who God's calling me to serve. And so for a long time, it was, I, you know, I'm called to equip, empower, and encourage church leaders or leaders in the church. And so that I saw that as congregational. But then I realized, wow, it was beyond congregation. And it was a very wise, good mentor who helped me to, to recognize that. And then that has... Uh, again, also has, has shifted now as I've gotten towards, I, I'd say, retirement from congregational ministry, but it's, it's been this natural, um, natural progression. So what is your mission statement? Again, that word, why is, what has God created you to be? And then, oh, this is the key. Mission is why has God created you, right? What has God created you to be? And then 
the vision is what is what is Jesus calling you to do? So you get your why you've been created, and then what is it that you're supposed to be doing? Where where are you? I, I guess you I don't, don't like that, I, eh? No, because because the if the being doesn't result in doing. Oh, it does. They're hand in hand. I, right, I know that, but but I mean, when I I'm just trying to put it into my space and say, okay, I'm created. I was created to make disciples. Right. That's that that there's no be there. That's a make. That's a that I'm created right, to right, do something. Right. Right. I understand that, and that is that is a being part of that. That is, I'm I'm created to equip, empower, and encourage. Uh, leaders or people for the kingdom, you know, however we want to look at that, that's a doing thing. But but the vision then is where am I being called to do no, that no argument in this there, place but, and time? But I heard that's you say, what I'm saying. Well, what I heard you say was the mission is your being. That's what you said. Yeah. And your Why vision is, is and, and right. And so, again, I don't see that right, as a being. Right. So, okay, so I'll go back and say it again this way. What is, uh, why has God created you? And that right. can be a do, that can be, okay, why, why has God created right. you? And so that's kind of like this foundation and how that, how that works. Like where, wherever you are, wherever it is that Jesus is wanting to use you or is going to use you or hopefully is using you, that's the vision piece of right. it. And, and it will look different. Right, and I want to I wrap, we, we need to wrap this we up. We're almost to, done. Yes. But I want to say, so when you have a personal vision and you're clear about your personal vision, the, the question is, what impact that does that have on your leadership and your, on your decision making? And we've we've actually answered that question, but we haven't asked that question directly. So okay. we, we want to be upfront, okay? So when you have your vision and you're clear about your vision, then you're able to look at if if it's before you're going to a church, and for most of us that probably means we're already in a church. Right. Um, but if if we're getting you're interviewing, you know, then it's the interviewing process to say and to look at and say, does their vision where they want to go, will that take me where God is calling me to go? Allow, well, will that allow me to go where God is calling okay. me to go, All right? right? Yeah, or, yeah. or where, or will it allow me to uh, walk with others who are going to the same place, right? Because I, it sounds so selfish to me when I hear you, but when I hear you say, right, no, no, I hear will, it let me, will that let me but, go where I'm supposed to go? It's not that they're a vehicle for you. Right, but with with this caveat, and okay. I, I don't disagree with you, but I do kind of disagree with you. Um, you know, you have to look at their vision or their mission. Right, and I'm again, with you. Again, and it's their mission, and are they living into it? And what has their vision been? And is this congregation going to be a vehicle that that you can get in and drive? Remember, you're the leader, and you, as a leader, are in this in the driver's seat. Okay, God's in the driver's seat. I get that. God's really the navigator, okay? God's not in the driver's seat. God's telling you where to go when you drive yeah, that car, true. okay? So you're in the driver's seat. And so is, they, is that the vehicle? And is where they are perceiving they want to go, need to go where God is calling them, does that match up with you? And if it doesn't, then they want to go here, and you're called to go here. You're not the, you're not the driver for this car. Go find, let them find another bus driver. You go find the bus where that, when you get in the driver's seat, Y'all are agreeing where that destination is, or at least there's some semblance of agreement on that destination. So, I, yeah, so they're going to get on the bus. Right. And so I, I do bus, disagree that it's not a vehicle. It is a vehicle. It is the vehicle, okay. and you are the driver, but you, you, you can't go in there and hijack the bus. Right, 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 right. right. You've okay. got to be the, the, like the, heading in the same direction. Right. The, the, bus, the bus has to have Walla Walla on the destination. Your vision says Walla Walla, and you go, okay, I can drive that bus there. 
Right. If it says New York and you know you're supposed to go to Walla Walla, do not go on this bus and say we're going to Walla Walla. To, yes, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the point. That's yeah, right. exactly the point. Right. I like that metaphor. That's, I love the bus. <laughs> thank yeah. you, Jim Collins, for the bus metaphor and, and for us to be able to run with it. So yeah, hey, we, we are, have to go. Oh my yeah, gosh, we're time. not there. And we haven't even. Yeah, we. It's like <laughs> right. points. We'll have like more episodes to come. Yep, lots, lots more to come. Hey, Woo. thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon. Take care. Yeah, have a great week. Bye. And happy Thanksgiving. All right. Tell somebody thank you somewhere along the line.